after 1st and 2nd Corinthians and is before uh, Ephesians, Galatians chapter 3. And we're starting a series this morning called Hearing God. I've been praying about it for a couple of week, uh, months now, actually, praying and stuff like that. And a couple of weeks ago, the Lord kind of just deposited something in me, just kind of went, boom, there it is. And, um, but I wasn't sure if I would start it today, to be honest with you. So I've been kind of just seeking the Lord. I'm feeling that the Lord wants us to learn how to hear His voice. And yet, uh, this week, we were at, the, at a conference, and the Lord just confirmed to me very, very uh, directly, if I could say that, very directly, this is the time to start. We are starting this series because we have been learning about God's goodness. We have been learning about His promises, and I've touched on hearing God here and there. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I have ever, okay, now th- this isn't a, I'm not, I'm not trying to put myself down. I'm trying to put emphasis on I have never done a series on hearing God, and the reason why is because up until this point in my life, I don't believe that I had really something to give that makes sense. Uh, but over the last couple of years, I've gone after this. I've been convinced that I need to grow in this. I've been convinced that we need to grow in this. And this is a subject that you'll hear people talk about uh, often. And like I said, we've touched on it, trying to plant seeds of faith in your heart that you can hear God. But there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to hearing God. There's a lot of um, misappropriation and misapplication. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, underutilization. Boy, damn, I'm trying to come up with all the words here today, right? We, we, we don't, a lot of us do not understand, even though the Bible is just full of the promise and the, and the principles of how to hear God, we oftentimes do not know how to hear God or it's just underutilized in our life. And what, yet what we've learned, what we realize is that this is critical. It's critical, isn't it? So let's look at Galatians 3 as we head into this. I believe that the Lord has a word for us today, strong word. And um, Galatians chapter 3, normally we would read in the uh, New International Version, NIV, because those are the Bibles that you have. But I want us to read in the New King James up here on the, on the screen. And... Um, you can just follow, like, like read, read with me as I read it. And the reason why is because the New International Version, very, very good translation. I'm not trying to diss any translations, but d- different translations have different, show different nuances. NIV is a, like a dynamic equivalence. It's thought for thought. And so sometimes it misses some of the nuances that you might get from a word for word. It doesn't mean that like a New King James, which is a word for word, is always like, that's it. We all know that the Bible was written in, or New, the New Testament was written in Greek. And so we've got to go to the original language, and then we look at these translations to kind of help us out. So uh, I, this, as we look in the New King James today, I, I think you're going to see something, a certain nuance that I want you to see, a particular truth. And uh, you can also look at it in NIV, NIV there. But let's look up here, the New King James Version. I'll go ahead and read it to us. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith Preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Paul is never more intense than he is in this passage right here. Paul is heated up because his friends, the Galatians, who he poured out his life so that they could know Jesus and walk in the freedom and the blessings of God. I mean, he loves these people, right? These preachers have come in and begun to deceive them and and confuse them and make the simple message of the good news complicated. They've come in and said, you know, you've got to earn your way to salvation. You've got to, and, and and they're starting to lean into the flesh. And Paul, knowing 
that this is a lie and knowing, man, they got free and this is just going to bring them into more bondage, he gets mad. He's mad. Now, he's not so much mad at the Galatians, but he's heated up. And I'm telling you, he's never more heated up than in this passage. And what he's saying here, apologize, it's hot, so I'm all thirsty. And it's got that little hole. How do you get any water out of that? You know, come on, man. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What Paul is saying here is he's saying, uh, well, well, let's look at this in verse, uh, I think, verse 2. Here. He says, he says, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Right? He's talking about that first time they came to Jesus. Right? When you came to the Lord, did you get forgiven? Did you get set free? Did you receive the Spirit of God to be in a relationship with God, to, to know God and become like, did you, did you receive that by earning it? Or did you receive it by what he calls the hearing of faith, right? The Bible says we've been saved by grace through faith. We can't earn it, don't deserve it, totally by his grace as we receive what he's done for us by faith. But then he goes on and he says, having begun in the spirit, right? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh, right? Having begun, what begun what? The goal of becoming like Jesus, becoming perfect in Christ. He's not talking about never making mistakes. He's talking about the fullness of God in your life. He's talking about becoming complete and whole and full, stepping into the thing that God has for you. He's taught, when he talks about that, he's saying that you have a purpose and a calling on your life. He's saying that you are called to become like Jesus. You can know him. You can become like him. You can partner with him to do great things in God. And he's saying, having begun to become like Jesus, having begun to fulfill the calling of God on your life by God's Spirit, are you now trying to do it by human effort, by human reasoning, by human strength, by human desire? Are you trying to fulfill your goal of becoming like Jesus, partnering with Him, bringing glory to His name in your own human effort? That's what's happened. They've shifted into that. So you can see right here that He's not talking about just one-time salvation, is He? He's talking about something that goes on and on. And so he says this question in verse 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Right? Does God release his power in you and through you by your own human effort, by your own human reason? Does he fulfill what he wants to do in your life uh, and fill you with his Spirit? By your own human effort, by, by earning it, now that you are a believer, or is it by the hearing of faith? And you notice that he's used the phrase hearing of faith for the one, first time salvation. Now he's using the word hearing of faith for that ongoing. Why? Because just, just like we're saved by grace, we continue in grace. The way into the kingdom is the way on. And we've been called to go from glory to glory to glory to fill what God has in our life. And how are we going to do it? Not in our own human effort, but by the Spirit, the life is a life of supernatural power. You cannot become like Jesus. You cannot fulfill your calling. You can do nothing. Jesus said you can do nothing unless you abide in me. There, we cannot accomplish what God has called us to do except by the power of Jesus. And so the Christian life is, can, is called walking in the Spirit, right? Now that we've dealt with that sin stuff, now we can learn to walk in the Spirit, which means not walking by our own human effort, desire, understanding, uh, uh, feelings, all that kind of stuff, but walking in the Spirit. And Paul parallels walking in the Spirit with what? That phrase, the hearing of faith. The hearing of faith. Do you see that? That to walk in the Spirit is to walk in what's called the hearing of faith. And why is that? Do you want to know why? It's really simple. Because one of the most important things to walking in the Spirit is hearing God. It's really that simple. He's talking about hearing God. That you, when you are being led by the Spirit, you will be led by the voice of the Lord. That really is it. He's saying that if you're not being led by His voice, then you're not being led by the Spirit. Then you're not, if you're not depending upon the voice of the Lord and God speaking to you, then you are depending on other things. That is what he is saying. This is what it means when, in, uh, when Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You're thinking, I got ears, right? 
Everyone's listening to Jesus, right? And they're going, I can hear you. I can hear words. But what is Jesus saying? He who has ears, not ears, he who has ears to hear. He's talking about the ears of our heart or the hearing of faith. He's talking about not just hearing the words that are being said, but receiving a revelation from God, hearing God speak to me from his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, Romans 10, 17. Why does it say faith comes by hearing and hearing? Is he, is it, is stuttering? Faith comes by hearing. Is he stuttering? Is he saying that you got to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it before you can believe it? Well, that doesn't really make sense because we know we can hear it one time, believe that word, and grab hold of it, right? No, he's not being redundant at all. He's making a point. He's saying the same thing that Jesus is saying. He's saying the same thing he's saying in Galatians. He's talking about the hearing of faith. He's talking about how we hear God. And he says faith comes by hearing and hearing. He's talking about not just hearing with our natural ears, but hearing with the ears of our, 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 uh, our heart or our spirit. That's what he's talking about. And the whole Bible, you find examples of this, of God speaking to us. This is the critical, critical thing that we need to understand. That hearing God is absolutely critical, essential to seeing God's promises fulfilled in our life. We've, we've kind of made that comment, um, we've made that comment before in, in, the, in the promise series as we were kind of going through, look at the promises of God. But I want to make it clear today, I want you to understand, if you don't hear God, if you can't hear God, then you cannot see miracles released in your life. You cannot see the blessings of Abraham released in life. The only way to get into the promises, the only way to see God fulfill his calling on your life is to hear his voice. That is what it means to walk in the spirit. It is that essential. It is that critical. Uh, John 10, Jesus is talking about himself being the sh a shepherd, and it says to him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Jesus is declaring that if you, are, if you belong to him, you can hear his voice. It's a promise from God. There's a lot of scriptures on it. That's just one. And Jesus is saying, you're my sheep. You belong to me. And I speak to you. You're my sheep. You hear my voice. That is the promise of the Lord, that you can hear God. It is the greatest privilege. It is promised by God. But today, what I'm emphasizing, what I feel the Lord specifically putting the weight on, is this not just promise. It's not just, ooh, that's a good thing. I can hear from God. It's critical. It's essential. You literally cannot do what God has called you to do if you don't hear God. And so the critical decision is this. Paul says, are you foolish? Are you, guys, what's going on with you? He's pretty intense, right? He says, are you foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now trying to do it by human effort? That's the critical decision. He is saying that if you are depending on your own human effort, human understanding, human desires, and not living life by the leading of the Spirit as he speaks to you from his word, right? Based on hearing, hearing by the word of God. Then you're foolish. Now, what, what, foolish, what by foolish doesn't mean Jesus doesn't love you. He loves you. It means it doesn't work. It just don't work, right? Foolish is trying to do the same thing, expecting the different results, right? Hey, Native American proverb, if, while, when riding a dead horse, dismount. You've heard that before, right? When riding a dead horse, dismount. Yeah, some of you are still thinking about that. You know, it's like when you go over to the light switch and you flick it on and the light doesn't turn on. You know, like, that, didn't work, that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? And you do the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. It doesn't work. That's what foolishness means. God goes, I love you. I love you. I have a plan for your life. But you foolish. Right? And I think a lot of believers, if not most believers, having begun in the spirit, Right? Having come to Jesus by the hearing of faith, by grace, shift into their own human effort. They're try either we're trying to achieve what God has called us to by our own human effort, and that's why we don't see the power of God. That's why we don't see the breakthroughs. That's why we don't see the blessings. And so God comes to us and says, that's foolish. Do you see what I'm saying? If you don't hear my voice, 
That's not wisdom. That's foolishness. It doesn't work. It's not going to work. He says, here I have given my life for you, shed my blood for you, and now I have provided my spirit. I mean, God has left heaven to come to live in your heart. I want to lead you. He has all the wisdom. He has all the power. has everything you need. He says, you're my sheep. I love you. I want to speak to you. I want to talk to you every single day. I want to be in relationship with you, right? The Christian life is a relationship with God. And he says, if you reject that, that's foolish. That's what he's saying. And, the, and it brings us to a critical decision, I think, as a church at today. You have to hear his voice. We have to. We have to. Which, of course, is why I keep emphasizing it, because we have to make a decision. Are we going to be led by the Spirit and learn to listen to his voice or not? It, it, do you see what I'm saying? Do you see how I'm kind of like, I just feel like the Lord uh, brought, is bringing us to that point as a church. <clears throat> Absolutely critical. I think this is a difficult, uh, I think this is one of the most difficult things to talk about. And I'll explain why. I think actually more than that in a general sense, I think this is the, I, I, the Lord, I don't, and I don't mean this in any negative way. I believe the Lord had showed me this is the most difficult series for us. This will be the most difficult series for us. See, first of all, I think that uh, many of us have been walking in our own strength. And I don't say that, like, again, I'm not trying to be negative, but we, we're walking in our own understanding. Like I said, we hear about hearing God, but we've never quite learned it. And so because of that, it's very difficult for me to come here, present the truth of God's word, and, and, and have us embrace this. Because it means, it means that I haven't been doing it. And not all of us, but I'm saying, if that's the case... I think there's some of us, if not many of us, and, and many in the body of Christ, who we've been making the mistakes. We've been walking in our own strength. We've been doing the foolish thing. And so to be confronted with this, it raises <gasps> fears, right? Fear of condemnation or shame or something like that. And I think some of us, we don't even believe God can or wants to speak to us. You know, God wants to talk to you every day. I don't know about that, right? There's that fear of, oh, no, what if he doesn't? And, you know, all these different things start coming up in our heart. So it's difficult because we've got to get over that. We've got to get over that hurdle. I have to kind of preach through that break down those walls you know you've got all this static in the airways no i don't know you can't hear god oh my goodness what he's talking about that's weird you know hearing god all the time and I, I don't, it's shh. open your heart to the lord this is what god says in his word and it's so critical that you cannot fulfill your calling without it she causes to oh my goodness i need to think about this right there is no kind of, the Lord loves you. He's totally forgiven you. If there's been those mistakes in the past, we're not talking about the past. We're talking about right now, right now. And the Lord says to you, I just, I just want to talk to you now. Right? Choose wisdom now. Stop, stop leaning on your own understanding and doing what's right in your own eyes and start listening to me now. It's really that simple. We're not talking about the past. You're already forgiven of the past. I think also we're scared of all the weird stuff. We've probably known people who've gotten it wrong, used God's voice to manipulate people, uh, manipulate circumstances, make an excuse for their sin, all that kind of stuff. Uh, be weird and kooky. And we're like, I don't want to be weird and kooky. I don't want to be like that. And you know, men, I have a specific passion for men to hear God's voice because I'm not the spiritual one. My wife's the spiritual one and all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. Spirituality has nothing to do with gender, ethnicity, uh, uh, personality, right? Oh, you know, girls are more touchy-feely and they feel the spirit and everything. That, it has nothing to do with that. Nothing. It's about your spirit. And every person here has a spirit, and if you're in Christ, your spirit is alive in Christ. Okay? You are spiritual if you are walking in the spirit. The Bible says you are, if you're walking in the flesh, you are carnal even though you're in Christ still. And so uh, uh, you are spiritual, and, 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 and you don't have to be afraid. It's already promised in the Word. And it's really very simple. It's really all about our heart. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at some, um, we're going to do this as a series because we need to look at how we've gotten it wrong in some ways. We need to look at some things we've got to get rid of. We've got to look at some of the blockages, and, but really ultimately look at some the practical, simple ways of cultivating a heart that hears God. But it even though we're going to go through this as a series, it really comes down to a decision that you make right now. You choose right now whether you want to and will pursue the voice of the Lord or not. 
It's the critical decision. Here's, my, here's how I feel. This is the most difficult series because unless you believe God is good and you believe his promises are for you and you are uh, totally convinced, I'm not going to see it unless I hear God, then you will, probably won't benefit from this series as much as you would. Right? We've got to make a decision. We've got to get desperate. We've got to say, oh, I don't want that. I want this. It, 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 it's a real turning of our hearts. Because a lot of us, have, we have been trained to lean on our own understanding. We've, we've gone in debt learning how to go uh, lean on our own understanding. Not to say that college is bad or anything like that. But you have literally paid money, busied yourself, gone in debt, a lot of us, so that you could learn to rely on your own understanding rather than on God. Sorry, i got to confront it like that. Oh, I'm too busy, i got to do school. Right? Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. And you, you have flooded your heart. So many of us, we have been trained. Our whole culture prides itself on individualism, doing what you feel, right? Doing what you think is right, doing what's right in your own eyes. We are trained. We are taught. We glorify it. In fact, the Bible, the, uh, uh, not the Bible, the other way, the culture thinks this is idiotic. The culture, what? Walk in the Spirit. You. Listen to God's word and let what he says to me direct my life. I ain't doing that, man. That sounds stupid. I'm my own God, you know. I make my own decision. I don't trust anyone. We pride ourselves in that. And so even though I know you love the Lord and you want to walk with Jesus and stuff like that, literally, this goes against the grain of our culture, against the grain of so many of the things, the ways that you have been living your life. Me included. Me, right here. I'm not not like you. you. Right here. It goes against the grain and literally is like, you're like okay, i got to make that decision. And the Lord just inviting us very simply today. Will you make a decision to cultivate a heart that would hear God? Would you make a decision to say, I, I need to hear God. I have to hear God. He's the only one that can come through. He's the only one who has the wisdom, the answer, the strength. I can't fulfill my calling without God. That's that critical decision. And so, and so here's the positive. I believe that if we will make that decision, I am prophesying Telling you, thus says the Lord. The Lord. This is the word of the Lord. If we will make that decision, it's a critical decision. But I believe as a church, if we will make that decision, that's, this is where I feel that we're at right now. I believe we'll go to the next level. If individually and as a church. I believe it's that critical. Does that make sense? You say, I, I don't know about that. And that's, I mean, I just felt that heavy on my heart this week and, and today. And that's why I'm being so serious about it. Does it make sense? I, I'm, I'm presenting it in that way because it's that critical for our own lives, but I think as a church right now. And so I can't move through this series. Well, I, I mean, I'm going to go through it, but we can't move through the series and see the breakthrough and see us say, okay, we went through this series on the promises of God and we're believing it, and now we're going to just go, gonna go like that if we'll actually embrace it as true and open our hearts to what the Lord wants to say. But if we don't, or if we're passive about it, and, oh, you know, I don't get it, then it's not going to happen. It's not going to click. All right. I'm confident that we're going to figure this out. And so don't say, oh, I don't know how to hear God, or I'm not like that, or don't say those kind of things, right? And, and those fears or concerns that you have, we're going to deal with that. Don't say that, but just open your heart to the Lord speaking to you. But it's absolutely critical. Let me just kind of push on this a little bit more. Absolutely critical. First Chronicles 10.14 tells us that the first king of Israel, Saul... Listen to what it says, but he, referring to Saul, did not inquire of the Lord, therefore he killed him. (laughs) Nah, I'm not saying God's going to kill you. (laughs) But I want you to understand, Saul became king, and he did not, what? Inquire of God. He did not say, I want to know what God wants me to do. I want to hear God. I want to do what's right in God's eyes. No, he leaned on his own understanding. He did what was right in his own eyes, and so he did not obey God. He was blinded to his own disobedience, and by the end of his life, he consulted a medium. Okay? That was the extreme for him. But it started early on in his life, early on in his ministry as king, with him not inquiring the Lord. And, it's, and the Bible specifically says that is exactly what he did wrong. And he, ultimately, because he disobeyed God, but it says because he did not inquire the Lord. Whereas David, on the other hand, caught it, didn't he? And he, did, he inquired of the Lord all the time. It was the core uh, practical thing in his life. It was the manifestation of his faith in the Lord. See, both of them heard the Bible. Both of them read the Torah, or at least listened to it. I don't know if they actually were literate, but they listened to the Torah. Both of them, okay? 
They all heard the Torah. Saul didn't get it. He didn't get that the promises were him, that God wanted to do it for him. He didn't get it. David did. Right? Now, are we any different than Saul and David? All they had was a book. Yeah? All they had was the book, the word of God. They didn't even have all of it like we do. They had Torah, five books, and Joshua. About all they had. And they listened to it. And they made two different decisions. One, eh, just didn't get it, probably passive about it. Just did things based on his own steam because that's pretty much the default. But David made a decision in his life, didn't he? He read, God will never leave me nor forsake me. In Psalm 27, he declared, God will never leave me nor forsake me. He got it. He got in Joshua 1 that when God said to Mo, God said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. David read that and said, my God. And so he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are with me. Where did he get that from? The word. He heard God speak to him. Right? He caught it. That's called the hearing of faith. David is a man of grace, a man who is a type of walking in the spirit. Saul is the type of walking in the flesh, of that religious spirit, that pharisaical spirit. David said, I've got to hear God. He believed that God's promises were him, and he, i got to hear God. So, I mean, every battle David went out to, he inquired of God. Every battle. Why? Because he knew, I don't know what to do. I can't do this on my own strength. It wasn't like, man, I'm getting pretty good at this war stuff, right? Man, I'm good. I know how to do this. Let's just do it. No. Oh, God, what do you want me to do? Right? Oh, I'm so good at business. I've been doing this for years, making money. I know what to do. No. What do you want me to do? David always inquired of the Lord. He knew, if I don't hear it from God, I don't know what to do. If I don't hear God, then I don't have the backing of his power to fulfill what God has called me to do. I have to hear God. He was completely, utterly dependent upon the voice of the Lord. Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, quoting Deuteronomy. Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. He's talking about the word of God, the spoken word of God. Literally, and in the context of Deuteronomy, we, we've looked at that passage. Deuteronomy is inviting us to humble our hearts and be completely dependent upon the spoken word of God, daily hearing his voice, daily hearing his voice. Saying, Lord, I can't, I can't do, I can't go into the promised land, I can't do it without you. I can't do it without you. David had that, uh, one of my favorite stories is when uh, uh, the Philistines come up against David, he's king, they're like, we're going to take this guy out, man, we don't want him to get strong yet so they try to take him out when he first becomes king they come up and they fill a valley and david's what do you want me to do god says go up and take him so he goes up straight up takes hold of him second samuel 5 okay they come back again same valley david says what do you want me to do i love it i love it, it you'll see this all throughout david's life but i just love that passage because he stops and says no not based upon my previous success not based on my understanding not based on my talent lord what do you want me to do and god says yeah go you're going to take but go around the back and, I'm, and, then, and, then he, and God actually went before him. Why? Because the Philistines were ready for him, right? He didn't know that. He didn't know what they were doing. So God gave him a whole other strategy. If you don't hear God, you don't know what to do. At best, you're guessing. At best, you're just guessing. And I think that's how most of us live, just guessing, hoping, wishing. Oh, God loves me. He likes me. Oh, just, you know, throw the dice, open doors, close doors, try to, you know, signs, looking for signs. We're just trying to, oh, I don't know what to do. And you are setting yourself up for, at best, making just mistakes. At worst, allowing deception into your heart, or harden your heart. Uh, I believe David learned to inquire from the Lord because he read the book of Joshua, and he learned something from Joshua. Now, Joshua heard God and would walk with God, but Joshua made a couple mistakes. And the only mistake, really, Joshua ever made was not inquiring of God. So David caught hold of that and said, now I'm not going to do that. i got to inquire of God. Joshua... He defeats Jericho, and then he goes, and, and uh, that's the first city they defeat. And then they say, okay, oh, AI, that's a small city. Just go and take them. And, of course, we know that they lost the, war, the battle, 36 men died, because Achan sinned. But he didn't ask God. He didn't ask God, are, are you with me on this one, God? What do you want us to do? The moment they dealt with that sin issue, God said to him, now this is what you're going to do, and this is how you're going to do it. Gave him specific strategy. A little bit later, 
in chapter 9, these guys called the Gibeonites, Joshua chapter 9, these Gibeonites come and they deceive the Israelites. They are, uh, they're acting like they're far away. They don't want to die. Actually, they're very smart and shrewd, but, uh, but they're deceiving the Israelites. And they act like they're really from far, far away. And kind of like, oh, oh, just make a covenant with us and we'll serve you. And uh, because we're far, far away, you know, we're not, we're not, we don't live around here and they're, they're lying to them. Okay. The Israelites end up making a covenant with them and, uh, and they fulfill their covenant. But it says here in chapter four, uh, nine, verse 14, then the men of Israel took some of their provision looking at it in the natural, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That looks old. That look, oh, that looks like they're from far away looking at it with their eyes. But it says, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. They did not inquire of the Lord. They did not ask him. So they were what? Deceived. They made a mistake. Why? That's it. They didn't ask God. That's how critical this is. Does it make sense? Hebrews 3, 12 through 15 says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Wow, that sounds kind of intense until you realize he's not talking about like just gross sin. Listen to what he says. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. What happens? If you are not hearing God, it says right there, if today God speaks to you, he's speaking. But if today you're not listening to him and you're, if you hardened your heart, the deceitfulness of sin. That's what it says right there. Which is, of course, why we're supposed to gather together, hear the word of God preached, be in the word. And that's what it's kind of all obviously alluding to. But here's the point I'm trying to make. It's critical. You, if you don't hear God, you're going to be guessing and making mistakes kind of blundering around, hoping that you're going to figure this out, doing it in, in your own effort, and it might work, it might not, all that kind of stuff. Or at worst, you're going to deceive yourself. You're going to, the enemy comes right in, you're going to believe that, that, that you're going to be led by your feelings, by your own selfish desires. You think, oh yeah, that, you know, that's what I think we should do. And, and the Bible calls it the deceitfulness of sin. It comes right in, just kind of, just kind of trips you up, deceives you, and you just, oh no, it's not a big deal. You know, God loves me. And you, know, oh, and you start making up this stuff, which is, you know. <clears throat> anyway. um, listen to what John, uh, John 10, 5 says. Remember when Jesus says, you're my sheep, you hear my voice? Then he says this, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, referring to, in this metaphor, he's referring to the devil, okay? The one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, the deceiver. He says, but will flee from them, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Okay? I want to turn this around. So what happens if you're his sheep, but you're not listening to his voice? You will not be able to distinguish the voice of the Lord from the voice of the stranger. The enemy come right on in. Lie to you, deceive you. Right? If you're not listening to God, you will be shaped by the culture and the values and the opinion, by the popular opinion of this culture. It, that's just the way it is, right? So you're either going to be, you got the flesh, you got the world, you got the devil, and you know, you don't, you don't, we don't have to worry about any of that stuff if you're hearing God. Because if you hear God, I know what to do. If you hear God, I've got the answer. If you hear God, right, you can step right into what God has for you. But if you're not hearing the Lord, you are pro, you are, you are, you are prey to the deception of the enemy where he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That is how critical this is. And so we don't go by signs. I'm just looking for a sign. If this thing happened to me the other day, and I don't, I'm not sure if that's a sign or from the Lord. I'm just praying for a sign. So even in the Old Testament, signs were only for people who didn't have faith. <laughs> Sometimes the Lord uses it to confirm things for people, but God does not speak through signs. That's not how God speaks, even in the Old Testament. And now we have the Holy Spirit. Okay? So it's even more now. But in the Old Testament, God, just read it. And God said, and God said, and God said. It's all over the place, and sometimes he gives signs. But, you know, we use Gideon as our example, right? Oh, great Gideon, we love Gideon. The man was passive and afraid, okay? And he goes, and he goes oh, if it's you, God, you know, I'm going to put the fleece out, and the dew's going to, like a piece of wool, and the dew fall. He goes, and let the dew fall on the fleece, not on the ground. And then it does it, and then he says, well, God... I need one more sign, right? It's full of unbelief, right? And, and, and I, I don't want to be like that. And he says, well, let the dew be on the ground and not the, the, the fleece. Now, that, now, that's the miracle. He should have asked that one first. You know, I don't know why he didn't do that. But, uh, and God did it to confirm what he had already said. 
But let me tell you, we don't follow every example in the Bible. Amen? Like when the devil tempts Jesus, does that mean we're supposed to tempt Jesus? Right? We're not supposed to follow every example in the Bible. You're supposed to read it and be like, hmm, that wasn't smart. Right? Or that was smart, right? So we're not supposed to be led by signs. Guess who else can throw up a sign? The devil, right? Okay? (laughs) You know, you go up there, you... You, know, you erase the stop. No, remember the Adams family? They, they took, uh, there was this old, I don't know, it was like 80s movie or something. Probably a bad movie, I don't remember now. Cut down the sign, and they, brought the, they bring the stop sign into their parents' house, and you hear crashes outside. The devil can take the sign. You know what I'm saying? He can put up his own sign. Turn left, turn left. You don't know if it's God or not. How do you know? If you hear his voice. If you don't know, if you can't hear his voice, you're just guessing. Okay? I know we've all done this before, so don't worry. Don't, don't feel like you're the only one. We, do not, we are not led by feelings. We are not led by feelings. The feelings are from your flesh. Oh, I just feel peace about it. That may not be God. Okay, do you, don't you realize that in the Old Testament, the prophets would stand up and say, you guys are complacent? They're telling them the truth. And they're like, no, dude, we got blessing in our life, man. No, God likes us and everything. You're worshiping idols. You're killing people. Oh, it's just not a big deal. Oh, we, we have peace. At, you know, and the, oh, peace. Peace can be for, God wants you to have peace. Amen. He wants you to have security. But complacency is false security. Your feelings lie to you. Okay? And, and look, you have a spirit. God, for, by his spirit, wants to speak to your spirit. We'll talk about that. But no, he does not lead you by your feelings. He leads you by your spirit. And this is the big one that so many believers do not understand. They're trying to, oh, feel God, feel God. Now, he does do this, you know, thing where he, he checks some stuff in our spirit, and he might use peace or things like that. Yeah, 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 we'll talk about that. But most people do not know how to distinguish between their feelings, their soul, and their spirit. Big deal. We do not live by open and closed doors. Oh, I'm just, I, I, you know, I just pray in the Lord, open these doors. What happens if you have five open doors? Then you're back to what? Guessing. And what happens, you know, and so then you're basically basing it on, oh, the pay is better. I like that one. I don't want to move to that city. And you're basing it based on your own either desire to avoid pain or your desire for pleasure. And you're not being led by the Lord. You're not seeking the pleasure of God. You are just guessing once again. And so ultimately, who is your God? So, hey, why'd you pick that job? Did the Lord tell you? I don't know. Why'd you pick it? More money. So who's your God? You see what I'm saying? Now, hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. God wants to give you more money. Amen. But we should ask God. Do you see what I'm saying? You only know if God has told you to do it. Okay? That's it. There's no other way. How do you know the closed door is not from God? I mean, yeah. How do you know the closed door is God or isn't God? How do you know? The enemy can close the door. Put opposition up in your way. Throw a storm in your way, right? You don't know. Am I supposed to give up? Am I supposed to persevere? You only know if you hear God. Open and closed doors are not from God. I mean, well, they might be from God. You know what I'm saying? You don't know unless you hear God. You don't know. Oh, God, just, please, just, if it's not you, stop me. That's the flesh, okay? (laughs) That's not living by the Spirit. That's the flesh. We don't live by coincidences, you know? Oh, yeah, there's just, you know, all these, we live by circumstances and coincidences, and we do not live by human reasoning. Of course, that's exactly how Adam and Eve got tripped up, Right? The knowledge of good and evil had good and evil on the tree. And you, you remember, this is, so, this is so crazy. Eve looked at it and said, hmm, looks like a piece of good, good piece of fruit. Hmm, looks like it'll taste good, which she wouldn't have known that, obviously. And, oh, and it looks like desirable for riches, which she wouldn't have known unless the enemy was deceiving her. She got into an intellectual conversation. And the Lord had said, I've given you one commandment, just one. Just listen to my voice. And if you will do what I said, it will be a tree of life to you. The Bible says wisdom is the tree of life. That's what he's saying, right? The whole Bible begins in Genesis 3 with this subject that I'm talking about. You either hear God or you base things on your own human wisdom. Oh, well, but it looks good. Oh, but but I, I think it's, it's got to have wisdom. It's up good and evil. Come on. Right? We do not base things on our own human intuition, feelings, and reasoning and things like that. We must hear the Lord. Absolutely critical. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen to this in 2 Timothy 3. We'll we'll kind of wrap it up here pretty soon here. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, somebody would say that... uh, 
No, Dave, you can't, you can't do that with the Bible. You can't just you go, go into the Bible, hear God speak to you. You know, you got to leave it in its original context. We can only get principles from the Bible and things like that. Okay? Well, first of all, that's not what they did in the Bible. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not the biblical example. The biblical example is to hear what the Lord is saying to us. Jesus himself said, you as ears hear, let him hear. But the whole Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Whole Bible. And it says right here. I mean, this is very interesting. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Literally mean God breathed. The Holy Spirit wrote the book. Amen? If you don't believe that, we can go into that. Inherent, or inerrant, infallible, perfect, true word of God. Written by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay? Then it says, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Reproofing who? Right? Encouraging, correcting who? The original hearers? No, me. How's that going to happen? By hearing God. Do you know what I'm saying? How, how is it that, that, it's, that the Bible is supposed to correct me, instruct me, and equip me if I'm not hearing the Lord? Do you, you realize that the Pharisees had memorized the whole Bible of what they had? They just memorized it. We know the whole thing. And Jesus comes to the Pharisees in John 5 and says, but you do not have his word abiding in you. What? I memorized the whole thing. What are you talking about? That's why they didn't like Jesus, right? I have the word in me. No, it's not abiding you. Why? Listen to this. Because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Right? The Bible is truth. And it invites us to Jesus, into a relationship with Jesus where we're hearing his voice. If you do not hear his voice, then you have principles without the presence and the power of God. You have a shell without relationship, without substance. And these Pharisees, these Pharisees knew God's word but did not hear his voice. And therefore, when Jesus came and spoke God's word, they did not have ears to hear. And they refused to come to him, right? It's not the scriptures that give eternal life. It's that point to Jesus, and Jesus gives us eternal life. And so we have to understand this. We have to understand, though, that the same Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible is the same Holy Spirit who's living inside of you. So here's the thing. He takes from the word of God that he wrote, and he speaks it to you. He personalizes it, customizes it to you, applies it to your life. It is not ever going to contradict the written word of God, what he says to you. It will never contradict the context in which it was written. Same Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible, same Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. Which, of course, means you cannot understand the Bible, and you cannot apply the Bible without the Holy Spirit, right? you got to sit up on Daddy's lap and let Daddy say, this is what I'm saying to you. So he personalizes it, amen? But a lot of times, Pentecostals, like I said, have misunderstood and misappropriated this teaching on the hearing God. Oh, I just feel like God's telling me I should do this. What are you talking about? The same Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible is the same Holy Spirit inside of you. He's not going to contradict himself. He's not going to say, now don't do that because I love you. It's going to hurt you. In the Bible, 2,000 years ago. Oh, that was just back then. It's irrelevant, you know. And then now he's going to say, it's okay. I love you. You can do it. Just destroy yourself. It doesn't make any sense. What do you do? Change his mind? He does not change his mind. He does not change his ways. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We get into the word of God and he speaks to us from his word. It's both personal and absolutely absolute. Right? It is the truth, but he speaks it to your heart. And we'll go into this more, but I felt like that was an encouraging thing to say. I have been on every side of this subject, let me tell you. When I came to Jesus, I heard the Lord. I came into this relationship with Jesus and I understood and I began to walk in the spirit and hear God's voice. Oh, it's so precious. And I would get victory literally because I was believing him and because he would say, do this. I would do things that I didn't know were in the Bible. Now, I mean, I was reading the Bible in the word of God, but I would do things and then I'd later read the Bible. Oh my goodness, you're supposed to do that. You know why? Because I was being led by the spirit. Okay? I was being led by the spirit. Praise the Lord. He's, he's good to me. But I've also known other extremes. I've known where I thought, oh, everything I heard from is God, you know? You know, prideful about it. I've known, I've known where, where uh, because I went to extremes, 
I started getting afraid, you know. People started telling me you can't really be sure if you hear God, this, that, and the other thing. And I was mixing my feelings and other things in with hearing God. And so I became actually afraid to hear God and went the other direction. So I've been on the other side. I've been in academia. I've, I've heard the arguments all over the place. I've been in, that's one, I think you guys know that about me, right? That I have known the victory, I've known the defeat. In almost every area. Everything I talk to you about, I've known it from other many angles. I've known, uh, I did that, and it brought life to me. I did that, and it did not bring life to me. Right? I, I, I know this stuff, and so I know what it's like to live without the voice of God. I know it's like to go in the wilderness, where you're like, God, not talking too much today. Right? There's times in the wilderness, you're just, nah, I'm not hearing very much. Probably usually, be, usually because you're supposed to do what he said, and, and he's just said, I said one thing to you. You do that, okay? And, uh, and so there's times where his voice isn't as much. But uh, I've been all over this. And a couple of years ago, I began to press into what God was saying to me, uh, or what God was leading me. Let me put it back this way. Years ago, when the Lord had, uh, there was some pride in my life, he just broke me down and uh, he corrected me and things like that. Uh, you know, for I'll give you an example of hearing God. I'm praying through the book of Ephesians, right? Praying for the church. It's a book all about the church. And uh, in, there, in, that, in that book, Ephesians 5, it says that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, right? And as I'm praying for the church, but I had anger, judgment in my heart, and God was needing to break some pride in my life. Same period of time where I've told you what God exposed ambition and things like that in my heart. He just came, the, the, most, the strongest rebuke I've ever received. Never felt more loved in my life, but... He said, I love my church. I love my church. I mean, he's just like, <clears throat> I mean, you feel like you're not going to kill me, are you? You know, it's one of those kind of things. Changed me, though, right from that moment. See, what, what happened? What happened? It says it in the Word, but it's as I'm in the Word that he speaks it to me and says, you're not loving my church like, I'm, like I love my church. Change me. Okay. So in that season, and I had some condemnation in my heart, he comes to me and says, I will completely restore you. I will completely restore you. Okay? So I had that from a promise. And he gave me three words, really interesting to me, because of, uh, it came out of a lot of Bible study, and it, came, and, it, and it has led to me, I think, this way now. You know? So it's kind of interesting. But he said to me, intimacy, humility, and power. And what he was doing was he was humbling me. He was getting me to stop focusing on power and ministry and all this kind of stuff that I, had, I was looking at, right? Trying to do all this stuff in my own strength. And he was telling me, firstly, you have left your first love. So I repented. I was coming back to him. I was just coming. Oh, geez, I want intimacy. And he said intimacy. And then he said humility, which was, I knew that's what he was dealing with me on. And he said then power. So as the Lord has completely restored me, as the Lord has been doing these things in me, a number of years ago, I began to, out of a place of grace, out of a place of rest in the Lord, not trying to strive due to my own strength, out of a place of rest, he began to call me into the fullness of what he had for the ministry. Right, supernatural healing and restoration for people, hearing God's voice and giving God's word to people in a way that will literally transform their life. He began to call me into that, and so I became very hungry for the power of God, but out of a whole different heart than before. And literally, in these last couple of years, or even like maybe three, four years, I have gone into come into a place. And I, I declare, I usually tell people, just God, He's completely restored, completely restored. I mean, God, I mean, He's done it. He did it. He fulfilled His word. I'm still on the journey. Amen. Still working on it. Still working on me. <clears throat> but. Uh, and when, as I began to press into the power of God, the power of God, Lord, do this, do this. What, you know, how do I step into this thing that the power of God, uh, and it, in no way trying to, you know, seek the power without a relationship with God at all. Just, oh, Lord, I want to partner with you. I want to do what you're doing. Say what you're saying. I want to go where you go. I'm reading history books, biographies, reading the Bible, talking to apostolic leaders, people who see healing and miracles in the church. And guess what they all say? It took me a while to figure this out. Because, you know, we complicate it, right? Oh, my goodness, healing. Oh, yeah, all freaking out and everything. At least I did okay. Maybe you didn't. Complicate it. And, you know, obviously, the more you learn the truth, it's so simple, right? So simple. And everyone I've ever talked to, and even this week at the conference, oh, I was just so encouraged because they spoke the same truth right to my heart. You want to see miracles? Got to hear God. That's what I heard from everyone. And you know what? Totally frees me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Are you serious? Are you totally serious? Like, I don't have to be like Superman or something? I don't have to like do all this stuff? No, you, you want to get free? 
You want to see God use you? Right? You want to see the blessings of God in your life? Oh, you, you, I just need to hear God? And then obviously do what he says. Amen. I just need to hear God? Yeah. Do you realize it doesn't take any skill? We'll talk about the practical stuff. It's just all about your heart. I remember I loved it one time when Jesus was like, uh, I, I think I was worrying about my performance or something. Fasting doesn't take any skill. Right? And that's why he, he was like, why do you think I did, did design fasting, right? It's not to like uh, be oppressive. It's to open our spirit to the Lord. Fast doesn't take any skill. Anyone can do it. He goes, prayer takes no skill. No skill. You open your mouth and talk. I mean, and if you can't talk, you just pray in your head. But most of you can talk. I know that you're not mute. So if you're mute, we'll pray for you to be healed. But I'm just saying, you, know, you just use words, right? You just, prayer is the simplest thing in the world, okay? If you can't read, you can listen to the Bible. It really, it's like, it's so easy, right? Totally natural, totally easy. He is not asking us to do anything really very difficult. Obedience, uh, and ultimately, uh, the only thing difficult is our, ourselves getting in the way. That's it. He goes, Dave, I'm just asking you, come to me and fast to me in prayer, study my word, and just say what I say. Just do what I do. I was like, really? I mean, that was both kind of humbling, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it? But that's the thing. If you don't do it, not going to see the power of God release your life. And I've been convinced of it. And so these last couple of years, myself and, and, the, and the staff, we've been pressing into this aggressively, learning to hear God. And, and, it's, and it's all out of this one decision. I have to do it. If I don't learn this, I can't go to the next level. And I believe that that's where we're at as a church now. Okay? I don't believe that's just about Dave Turner making that decision. I believe the scriptures are telling us right now, you have a decision. Will you walk in your own human effort, desire, thinking, all that? Or will you make a choice to depend upon the Spirit of God and live by His voice, live by the manna of God's Word? You've got to make that decision. <clears throat> it ultimately just comes down to this one right here. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I believe if we embrace this, if we embrace this, we can go to the level that God has for us. Let's stand up. Let's respond to the Lord. <clears throat> I, I don't know if this was hard for you to hear or not. I, I don't know. I sensed in my spirit that this is a difficult word. 